is Today in History, December the 6th. On this day in 1790, Congress moved from Philadelphia to New York. And in 1865, the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution, abolishing slavery, was ratified as Georgia became the 27th state to endorse it. And on this day in 1957, America's first attempt at putting a satellite into orbit failed as Vanguard TV3 rose about four feet off the ground at the Cape Canaveral launch pad before crashing and exploding. An undetected fault in the first stage of the rocket turned the launching into calamity. Not fatal, but disappointing. Thanks to the strict safety precautions, no one is hurt. And fortunately, the little Sputnik itself is undamaged in the middle of that huge explosion. At first, the American public are dismayed at the accident. But they soon realize that the setback is only temporary. And after all, who knows how many failures the Russians had before their Sputniks were launched. Also on this day in 1884, in Washington, D.C., workers place a nine-inch aluminum pyramid atop a tower of white marble, completing the construction of an impressive monument to the city's namesake and the nation's first president, George Washington. As early as 1783, the infant U.S. Congress decided that a statue of George Washington, the great Revolutionary War general, should be placed near the site of the new congressional building, wherever it might be. After then, President Washington asked him to lay out a new federal capital on the Potomac River in 1791. Architect Pierre L'Enfant left a place for a statue at the western end of the sweeping National Mall, near the monument's present location. It wasn't until 1832, however, 33 years after Washington's death, that anyone really did anything about the monument. Made of some 36,000 blocks of marble and granite, stacked 555 feet in the air, the monument was the tallest structure in the world at the time and completed on this day back in 1884. And on this day in 1969, the Altamont Festival brings the 1960s to a violent end. Well, the Rolling Stones' tour of the United States is over. They wound it up with a free concert at the Altamont Speedway for more than 300,000 people. There were four births, four deaths, and an awful lot of scuffles reported. We received word that someone was stabbed to death in front of the stage by a member of the Hells Angels. In August of 1969, the massive three-day Woodstock Music and Art Fair had proved that hundreds of thousands of young people could gather peacefully, even in a seemingly chaotic environment rich with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Four months later, it would become clear that Woodstock owed its success not to the inherent peacefulness of the 1960s youth culture, but to the organizational acumen of the event's producers. That idea was proven in the violent, uncontrolled chaos of the disastrous Altamont Speedway Free Festival, held on this day back in 1969 in the Northern California Hills, just 60 miles east of San Francisco. Altamont was the brainchild of the Rolling Stones, who hoped to cap off their U.S. tour in late 1969 with a concert that would be the West Coast equivalent of Woodstock in both scale and spirit. But unlike Woodstock, which was the result of months of careful planning by a team of well-funded organizers, Altamont was a largely improvised affair that did not even have a definite venue arranged just days before the event. It was only on Thursday, December 4th that organizers settled on the Speedway as a location for the concert, which was scheduled to include Santana, the Jefferson Airport, 
Airplane, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and The Grateful Dead, all in support of the headlining Rolling Stones. The event would also include, infamously, several dozen members of the Hells Angels motorcycle gang acting as informal security staff in exchange for $500 worth of beers as a gratuity. I didn't go there to police nothing, man. I ain't no cop. I ain't never going to ever pretend to be a cop. And this Mick Jagger, like, put it all on the angels, man. Like, he used us for dupes, man. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, we were the biggest suckers for that idiot that I can ever see. And you know what? They told me if I could sit on the edge of the stage so nobody would climb over me, you know, I could drink beer until the show was over. And that's what I went there to do. But you know what? When they started messing over our bikes, they started it. It was during the Rolling Stones set that a 21-year-old Hell's Angel named Alan Passaro stabbed a gun-wielding 18-year-old named Meredith Hunter to death just 20 feet in front of the stage where Mick Jagger was performing Under My Thumb. Who's buying things and what for? What do you think? Why are we fighting? Why are we fighting? Can you let the doctor go through, please, and let him get to the first who's hurt? Unaware of what had just occurred, the Rolling Stones completed their set without further incident, bringing an end to a tumultuous day that also saw three accidental deaths and four live births. The concert that started the rumor that a Hell's Angel bit off Jerry Garcia's finger and the Hell's Angels performing their swan song at security detail happened December 6th, 1969. On this... Day in history. It's down on me. Oh, yeah. The way she talks when she's spoken to. Down to me. The change has come. She's under my thumb. Yeah, it's all right. Under my thumb. Her eyes are just kept to herself. Under my thumb. Well, I, I can't steal up to someone else.